The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 1982 versus 1991. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Welcome back to Action Film Face Off, the show where two random years are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one of those random years while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. But let me introduce one of your hosts, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. So Jared, let me ask you a question. Mm. What is best in life? I do love to crush my enemies, see them driven before me, and hear the lamentations of their women. That is good. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And today we're going to score each of today's films on a scale of one to ten in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero, and of course, the villain. And then there will be the deduction round, where up to ten points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Let's find out with this episode first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Death Probe! I just amped myself. <clears throat> <laughs> You did a good job, though. Thanks. Thank you. But before our two films enter our Video Dome arena to do combat for your pleasure, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. Now, these are the fine folks that are now entered into our quarterly drawings to win free swag that may include, but is not limited to, comic art, prints, comics, sometimes autographed by their creators, trading cards, action figures, appearances on a long box show, lunch boxes, DVDs, CDs, these nuts, and the list goes on and on and on. They also enjoy discounts from my online store, www.theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com and they also get early access to special Longbox Crusade Network episodes. So these are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for Dave Collins Blasted or Gene Hendricks Ivan the Collector Ivor Evans Maxwell Traver Mr. Lobotomy Ross Michaud Ronald Witt Timmy Bob Busta Busta Steve Cronin the Barbarian Samantha Maney And the Toronto Cop now, if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. You can just let us know by dropping us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we'll get it all straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade for as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. You should come and check that out. So now that we got that little bit of business out of the way, let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. Oh boy, I'm fired up. Woo. All right, this episode, I was assigned the year of 1982 and I have selected Conan the Barbarian. It starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. What year did the randomizer select for you? Well, I got 1991, so we're going to do a double dose of Arnie. I'm putting into our video dome arena, Terminator 2, Judge. Judgment Day. Starring, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think we're more excited than usual today. Oh, These right. are two great ones. Two of my favorites. They are. I'm telling you, I'm totally jazzed. And in my script, it says this, but I mean this wholeheartedly. We have a fine matchup for this one, folks. Now, it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason. Like, we each had to select a film from our assigned here, so I might very well like his selection better than mine, or vice versa. This is more about us discussing some of these beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. So let me jump in with some quick info on 1982's Conan the Barbarian. Slave. 
barbarian. Warrior. Thief. Conan. They said you'd come. A man of great strength. Conqueror. One who could crush the snakes of the earth. Bears are their own deaths. He's evil, a sorcerer who can summon demons. Day of Doom is here! What daring! What arrogance! I salute you. adventurer of all, the man they call Conan, the Barbarian, coming to a theater near you from Universal Pictures. Here's your cast and crew. It starred a little-known actor named Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jerry Lopez, Sandal Bergman, and Max von Sydow. It was directed by John Milius. Here's a quick synopsis for you. As a boy, Conan witnessed firsthand as the evil Tulsa Doom murdered his parents, destroyed his village, and enslaved young Conan. As a young slave, Conan grows up hard, becoming a gladiator and a breeding stud. It wasn't all bad. He was, he was a smooth <laughs> What is upper. best in life? <laughs> I guess having your own cell to breed with women all day is not bad. Punch in the clock. We all got to do it. I guess so. Once he is set free, he becomes a nomad, searching the realms for Tulsa Doom, seeking revenge for his parents. Along the way, he befriends Subutai the Thief and Valeria the Gorgeous Warrior. Conan finally gets on the trail of revenge when King Osiric hires the trio to retrieve his daughter from the clutches of Doom, who has grown more powerful over the years. Conan and his crew face impossible odds with the help of steel, stealth, might, in a little magic to retrieve the missing princess and exact that sweet, sweet revenge. A little trivia on this film. This is an early credit for Hollywood legend Oliver Stone. He was a writer on this film. Trivia nugget number two. As longtime James Earl Jones fans will attest, Jones is in the best shape of his life in this film. He's looking pretty good. He, he was. And Arnold became good friends. And Arnold trained Jones physically, and Jones gave Arnold acting lessons. So that was a nice symbiotic relationship they had. And finally, this is the last major studio movie to be released with a mono soundtrack. Everything from here on end would be, you know, stereo or 5.1, Dolby, all that stuff. As as it grows with this is the last mono soundtrack film from a major studio so that's kind of interesting but a little bit sad at the same time if you remember just how sweet that background music was but i'm sure we'll talk about that that was good so what do you got man what's going on on your side of the video dome arena well now i guess it's my turn and i will give you the rundown on 1991's terminator 2 judgment day same make these were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. destroy the future. I don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now his mission, get down, is to protect it. Mom! Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy. He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. Is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Stay down! Go! Now! 
to Judgment Day. This time, he's back for good. Trust me. The cast included a little-known star called Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Linda Hamilton, Jason Patrick, and Edward Furlong. It was directed by James Cameron. The Terminator is back, and this time he's fighting on the side of the angels in the city of angels. When Skynet sends a top-of-the-line T-1000 to 1991 Los Angeles to kill a young John Connor, the Resistance sends down their own Terminator program to defend John. With the evil Terminator hot on their trail, John and his Terminator rescue Sarah Connor from a mental institution in a desperate attempt to prevent a future of nuclear annihilation. Is the future set? Can humanity avoid its own self-destruction? This film sets us off on one hell of an action-adventure ride to find out. And then we have a little bit of trivia. Billy Idol was originally supposed to play the role of the T-1000, but he was injured in a motorcycle accident just before shooting. Arnold was worried when he learned his Terminator would not kill people. He was convinced that the softening of his co Conan character in Conan the Destroyer killed that franchise, and he didn't want to see the same thing happen to the Terminator. And finally, Arnold was paid $15 million for his role in Terminator 2. Given his lines of dialogue, that equaled $21,429 per word that he spoke on screen. Hostel La Vista Baby, by itself, cost the studio $85,716. Pitch those pennies, kids. <laughs> tell you what. That's math. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of exciting. We've got Arnold at the start of his career, and then also Arnold here, and I think what we could argue is his magnum opus of the big screen. Yeah, I recently watched it with Jordan, and Jordan remarked about how he's seen a lot of Arnold movies, but he's like, I think he's in his best shape in that movie, and I think he may be right. This is a fantastic shape. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants... Oh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's a street fight, street fight. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we've got two Arnolds ready to do battle. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's get into talking about the story, and that's round one. Like I said, in round one, we're talking story. How engaging is the story? How original is the story? So let's go over to Conan. Jason, your thoughts on the story. Well, I thought this was a really classic telling of the Conan saga. We have some elements of man versus man. We've got some man versus nature. And we've got some man versus himself as Conan comes into his own and kind of decides the kind of man he is going to be. Man versus snake also makes an appearance. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of counting that in the nature thing. I don't know. (laughs) That was a big snake, though. There were some great characters. I loved the supporting cast. I particularly like Subatai a lot. There were some fantastic sets that they were playing around in. Overall, a terrific origin story. It really took us as viewers on a journey. You know, you really feel the impact of everything that hits the character from losing his family in the village to having to push that. I guess it was a grain mill wheel around and then being a gladiator and so forth and so on. It was really powerful. Overall, I thought it was pretty decent pacing, too. You know, you see Conan as a boy and become a man. It could have got bogged down in a series of places, but they kept the film moving pretty well. So those are my thoughts. What did you think, Jared? For the most part, I agree. And I actually had more respect for the story watching it in preparation for this podcast than I ever had before. And I'll explain that. I've seen the movie a couple times before. I often thought that it was just maybe a little long. Might it could have been tightened up a little bit. But like you said, they did cover a long breadth of topic. And when you think about how much time they covered in Conan's life, it's not a terribly long movie. It could have been a three-hour thing, but they got it. I think it's like two hours and ten or something like that. But I've always been like, eh, you know, it felt like there was a lot of just kind of set pieces. And I didn't think it stitched together that well. But since then, I got a omnibus book of Howard's Conan novels and I've read them all so now I'm going back and watching it 
after reading the Howard stuff, they worked a lot of Howard stuff into the movie. And I'm like, oh, now I get why they were, you know, we need to have the set piece where they invade the tower, you know, the secret tower. That's right out of Howard. Him getting crucified on the tree is out of Howard. And I'm like, okay, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. So now it's stitched together better for me. So I'm like, okay, there's a lot of nods to real Conan lore. And I respected the heck out of that. So definitely have a greater appreciation than when I was younger. Well, that's interesting. I have a collection of Conan stories by Howard on my shelf. And I'm ashamed to say I have not read them. So it's interesting to hear you say that. And I wondered how much they took from the books into the movie. So it's good to hear that there's a fair amount there. That's interesting. It is a fair amount. In fact, I read that omnibus and I did what I do a lot of times because I was doing a lot of traveling. And if I finish a book while I'm traveling in an airport, it's this thing I do where I just set it Uh on the table and I just leave it there. And I like to think that it finds a new home for someone who just wandered up and found it. And now they're off reading it somewhere. I've done that with a few books in my life. And that was one of them. I just set the Conan book down and somebody somewhere's got it. That's cool. (laughs) Keep that story going. Keep the stories going. Let's go over and see what's going on at Cyberdyne Systems. What did you think about the story, Terminator 2? Oh, I thought the story was pretty terrific. It was a great sequel to the classic Terminator movie. Again, a lot of stuff happens in this story and there was good solid pacing. They had a lot of action, but they also had a lot of character development as well, which I really appreciated. The effects, which were terrific in 1991, still hold up pretty well to this day. That's one thing that surprised me on this viewing. I think that they were pretty smart the way that they did the effects. is kind of like, you remember that line, a man's got to know his limitations? <laughs> yeah, dirty air. I think they recognized the limitations of what they could and couldn't do. They used the effects to good effect without going too far, if that makes sense. Again, there was a great cast of characters. The story really makes you think without losing the element of fun. It's kind of a dystopian future, but it still has quite a lot of fun and hijinks with it, which was a good trick and something that they were able to pull off well, I think. Yes, I agree. I think it's a very good blend of heavy and light. There's heavy topics from watching a nuclear explosion on a child's playground to laughing at the funny things that happen between, you know, Edward Furlong and Schwarzenegger as he trains the Terminator robot. There's such a breadth of emotion in it, but it's really well captured and it never feels weird or forced. It flows really well. It's very typical for time travel movies to get a little dicey and hard to follow. And of course, we could pick this one apart like you could on any time travel movie, but I think this one does it better than most. Yeah. As far as time travel, I think it's done really, really well. Only thing I'll add to the story is Jordan, my 12-year-old, he's really wanting to watch these Terminators now. I took him to see Genesis back when it came out in the theater and he loved it. So we've been going back to watch the older one. So I'm watching this one for the podcast. In comes my four-year-old Jay, right at the scene that shows the nuclear explosion at the playground. And, and <laughs> that's, Jay, that's heavy. <laughs> Jay goes, I don't want to go to that playground, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to that playground either. (laughs) No, I'll take a pass on that one. He was not interested. Oh, goodness. I think he would score that playground low, but speaking of scoring low, it's not going to happen, folks. These are two good movies. (laughs) I will say, too, before we go into scoring, that I watched the director's cut version of Terminator 2. I don't know if you watched the theatrical cut. I think I watched standard, because I want to say director's cut comes in at closer to two and a half hours. Yeah, I went through the director's cut just to kind of see what they added. So I think you get a little more, some of the things make a little more sense. I definitely had an appreciation of the director's cut, but I would say that it kind of throws the pacing off a little bit. For example, the scene where they're in the desert getting the weapons and ammo and everything, preparing to make the raid on Miles Dyson and the Cyberdyne systems, that part goes a little bit long. So there's some trade-offs there. Well, let's get back to the Hyborian age, my friend. What are you going to score the story of Conan? Oh, gosh. I have had to give it an eight. I thought that it was really well done, good pacing, and just a terrific adaptation of Conan onto the big screen. What about you? Pulling back the curtain a little bit, I'm not 
one who's ever been big on sword and sorcery movies. They just don't speak to me very much. If you had asked me to rate this a few years ago, I probably would have said it's a five or a six. Having gotten that background read, those Howard books, and enjoyed it a little more this time, I bumped it up to a seven. So we're not far apart. We're seven and Nice. Over in Los Angeles, we have Terminator 2. What did you score the story? I scored it also an eight. I thought that it was a great story. I kind of prefer the sword and sorcery to the dystopian future time travel stories, but this script was really well done, and I didn't see a lot of daylight between Conan and Terminator 2, to be honest, so I gave it an eight as well. What about you? Once again, we're going to be really close. I'm a little more taken with the story of Terminator 2. I just think it holds together really well, and uh, I gave it a nine. I think it's a really strong story. It's got a strong score. Well, we're pretty close so far. That's going to bring us to an end of round one, and now it's time to move into round two. And in round two, we're going to talk about the hero. How cool is the hero? And I think in both of these movies, the hero is pretty doggone cool. (laughs) Yeah. Let's kick it off with your Conan. What did you think about Conan as the hero of the story? Conan is a timeless hero. I think the books were written in, I want to say, the 30s. I think you're right, yeah. And I've, as you know from earlier in the show, I didn't read the books until recently. I was raised on the comics. And I always thought he was a great comic book character. Man of few words. Man of lots of action. Simple stuff. Not too heady, fun to read, swashbuckling. Again, I was not a big sword and sorcery guy, but I found Conan to be very approachable because he's a man of few words. It's easy to read a Conan comic. Uh It's a pretty brisk read. And you get to see see some great stuff. There are some great classic artists on Conan, so the art's really great. But all that kind of piles into he's just this fantastic hero. You say Conan, and everybody knows right in their mind. They know what this barbarian looks like. And Arnold owned him so well that that's a lot of people's first, and some people only image of Conan. So when you own a character like that, you're doing something right. I got a strong score coming for our hero on this one, but what do you have to say? Really, the only thing that I'll add and just kind of build upon was thinking that this was Arnold Schwarzenegger's first major role. It's obvious that they recruited him because of his physical attributes, but I also really appreciated the fact that he is a man of few words. He didn't have to say too many lines, and that really played to his strength, and I still really appreciate the physicality that he brought to the character and also just the facial expressions throughout the movie. I remember when he's sneaking up and they're all camoed up and they come across that orgy scene and his eyes like his biggest dinner plates, man. I was just cracking up. You know, he, he just did such a great job coming out of the gate with the limitations he had with his very limited English and, you know, he was still developing his acting chops, obviously. So I just thought he did a really great job. I'll leave it with that. Let's jump in our time machine and go forward to 1991 and talk about the Terminator. What did you think about the hero of the T? What was he, 800? He was T-something. T-something. T-less than 1,000. We'll yes, he was definitely T-less than 1,000. Although, you know, it's funny. The hero's going to get a really high score here. Because again, super iconic, right? Whenever uh-huh. anybody thinks about Terminator, they automatically think about Arnold. They think about what an awesome action hero he is. I'm going to say that again. What an awesome action hero he is. Is. This movie is so overwhelming, so awesome, and so good, a lot of people forget he initially was the villain. So when you're able to pull off a hero role that's so good that it erases a lot of people's memories, no pun intended, that you were initially the bad guy in the first movie, and that Michael Bean played the hero, people forget that. That's how iconic, and it just grew. This is one of those sequels that just blew up beyond its original, and full respect to the original. It's a great movie. Sure uh, is. But when you think about going from the villain to the hero in the next movie, and owning it so well that people will always think of you as a hero, that's huge. So that's my thoughts on it. What do you got? I think Schwarzenegger is just at his physical and acting range best here. Again, I'm going to say that if you watch the director's cut, you get a little more nuance to the character. Some of the facial expressions and his expressions make more sense because there's a scene where they activate, I'll say an emotion chip for lack of a better term. I forget how they described it, but basically it allowed the term to learn human emotions and mimic human emotions on his face. So as you're getting further into the movie, it makes
makes sense. Uh, some of the more emotive scenes that he has, and for whatever reason, they cut that out of the story. It was really cool, too, because the character has to have this memory chip literally pulled from his head, and he's shut down, and he makes himself vulnerable to Edward Furlong's character and Linda Hamilton's character. And Edward Furlong's character, John, wants to give the Terminator full emotional range, and Sarah Connor wants to kill him right there because she's still, you know, obviously this was the bad guy from <laughs> from the first Terminator, right? right? And so there's a really interesting discussion that goes on there while the Terminator shut down, and he's made himself vulnerable to them, and they make a decision to plug it back in. And unfortunately, I think that for whatever reason they pulled that out of the movie, I got an even bigger appreciation of Schwarzenegger and his acting abilities and add a little more depth to the character there. Additionally, I think Linda Hamilton could have kicked my ass. Uh, <laughs> I believe she could. I just want to say that. She was in phenomenal shape herself. Holy cow. Yep. Man, and she was awesome as well. Yes. Uh, I really appreciate it as a military man, the way that she handled her weapons. Yep. She was obviously trained. I appreciate that, the level of detail they went for her to maintain and use her weapons. Obviously, she had some training, and it showed up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've rambled on a little bit, but those are my thoughts. I thought that the character was really cool, had a great supporting cast. I will wrap this up and say, I think we need to score him. Conan, what you giving him? Conan the Hero gets a strong eight from me. And he's going to get a nine from me. He's getting a comic book bump. <laughs> he's getting the comic book bump. <laughs> yeah, he's getting a comic book bump. Because I've read the hell out of some Conan back in the day. <laughs> and I love it. He's a great character. What about Terminator? What are you giving him? Well, I got to be honest with you. I was like, I think it's about an eight. But you mentioned something in your incoherent rambling just a minute ago. You mentioned Linda Hamilton. She's part of that hero team. So I gave an extra point for her because she was so awesome. And before I reveal the score, I want to give a tip of the cap to James Cameron. If you think back over Hollywood all the years you've watched it and you think who are some of the just coolest most badass female action heroes it's gotta be Sarah Connor and it's gotta be Lieutenant Ellen Ripley and Cameron Mm -hmm. made them both awesome so hats off sir you gave us two of the most awesome female action stars so much so that I had Arnold as an 8 for T2 but when I factored in that Sarah Connor Linda Hamilton I gave a bonus point so the hero or heroes of the story get a 9 and Terminator 2 from Jared And I'm a little conflicted myself because I think if we're going to go with the straight studio version, I'd give him an eight. If we're going to go with the director's cut, I would give him a nine. So I guess I better stick with an eight. I'll do an eight for the hero on this one. My goodness, we have an absolute tie in this round. And oh, by the way, the last round was only a difference of two points. We got another barn burner, people. These are two great films, man. I enjoyed watching both of them. I guess it's time to move into round three. Let's do it. Round three is the villain. How menacing or entertaining is the villain? And I got to be honest with you, the more I've done action film face-off, this is one of the easier ones to score for me because, you know, they've seen these movies. Well, with the exception of three the hard way, I'd seen these movies before. So it's easy for me to remember how memorable the villain was because based on how well I remember them. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into the villain qualities of Conan, and you tell us a little bit about Tulsa Doom. James Earl Jones was absolutely frightening, and I remember seeing this as a kid, probably too young of a kid to have been watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. I but, thought that same thing. I was like, dang, I watched this when I was like six. I think I was like 10, you know, nine or 10 <laughs> years old or something like that when I saw this. But I thought James Earl Jones was frightening. I watched it again as a 47-year-old man. He's still frightening. The combination <laughs> of the eyes and that voice and turning into the snake that was just oh creepy and that line that he says that's strength boy that's power yes that's, that's an awesome line his two goons the two main goons they were tough looking and one had a cool hammer but other than that I didn't really get too much of a vibe from them but Tulsa Doom he was badass yeah what uh, did you think memorable the whole snake thing and exactly what you said too the scene that I think really puts the exclamation point on it is when he just picked that girl at random is like you come down here jump to your death and she does it i know and he's like that's real power boy you're like oh jiminy christmas this guy is something to see and i had vivid memories of him when i was thinking back on conan you know i remembered of course conan himself and the beautiful warrior valeria and of course tulsa doom so he's gonna get a better than average score from me yep me too let's go talk about jason patrick and the t1000 what'd you think of that well i thought jason patrick did an absolutely fantastic job and again going back to my trivia notes he was kind of a last minute pickup and had to jump 
into that role kind of cold, and I thought he did an outstanding job. He's creepy. He's cool. They could have gone the obvious route and had another super honk to face off against Arnold, but they kind of went with this life form that was really awesome. He had a great sense of menace. He's always hovering in the background. We talked a little bit like the shark in the water type of thing. He was that. Mm. Cruising on that motorbike or cruising in that squad car. Just a great sense of menace and keeps our heroes looking over their shoulders the whole time. Awesome villain. What did you think? I'm going to agree. He did what I call stepping up. He stepped up. When you got to play a villain across from someone as iconic as Arnold and I've never heard of you before. I'd never heard of him before this film. And when I saw the previews and stuff, I'm like, heck is this guy? You know? <laughs> Who does he think he is? Why is it not Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> or, you know, somebody like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Is this guy supposed to make me scared? Survey says... Yes, because he's scary as hell. Uh, he did a great job. He is job. scary as hell, yep. And, you know, it's funny. We make fun of actors for being robotic or wooden. Well, you've got to play robotic. That's a whole other ball game. And he just owns it. Emotionless killer. It oozes out of his pores. Good job stepping up Jason Patrick. But he still manages to get a couple chuckles out of the role, too. Like, when he's like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> that dude just jumps out of the helicopter. He's like, I'm going to take my chances with gravity. Yep, he sure did. <laughs> He was like, I don't know, it was five, six stories. Yeah. <laughs> Keep my feet and knees together. I'll be okay. I'll tuck and roll. <laughs> tuck and roll. That was pretty funny. Let's score these, man. Dang, this is another tough one for me. Um, isn't it? Isn't it? So what, what do you got on Tulsa Doom? I'm giving him an eight. He's right up there with the hero on this one. Ooh, man. I couldn't bring myself to say I, I liked it as much as the hero. Great performance from James Earl Jones. If it's Star Wars, it's a 10. But here we are. It's Tulsa Doom. And I loved his flowing hair. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I do too, man. But we're really close. I gave him a seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember, I gave Conan a nine, so I gave I- to do one level down. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't go two levels down. He was up there, man. I think he could have got more points if they'd done a little bit more physicality battle. They never really battle. He and Conan never really battle. Yeah, I think, though, that that was one of the things that kind of made him even cooler for me. It's like it was beneath him to have to battle Conan. Yeah, it was like Conan had to battle the idea of this cult leader. He had to battle the whole cult and the whole aura behind it. I don't know how to express it. You know what I'm saying. I know, yeah, you're right. It's basically the whole ideology. Yes, there you go. He's up against, so that was a difficult one. But yeah, now eight for me. All right, let's go in and check on the T-1000. If you have a liquid metal score to give, now would be the time. Also an eight, I have to say that he stepped up, nailed this role, made it his own, and is one of the most memorable villains on screen. Gotta give it to him. Eight for me. Same exact score, I have it at an eight. I think it's a shame that he didn't get more work, although I understand I think he got the role on X-Files for a while. Yeah, Agent Doggett. And I just, I think he deserved more, but uh, we never know what goes on behind the scenes. But I did like the nod to him. I recently watched The Last Action Hero with Jordan and if you watch real fast as they're going to the police station, he's walking out in the other direction totally in his T2 look and uh, that's a pretty pretty (laughs) funny nod to that film. That brings us to the end of round three. Another round that has a one point difference in it. Oh my goodness. Let's get into round four. (laughs) Is that your best? Well, I think we're going to have some high scores in here, too, because we're going to talk about overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? The stunts, the effects, the cinematography, and all that stuff blended together. What did you think about the spectacle of Conan, Jared? These movies were 10 years apart, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nine years apart. Obviously, the spectacle and effects of T2, we'll get to that in a minute, but it's a high watermark. So I'm thinking, oh, if I'm watching this early, kind of low-budget Conan film, it's not going to be able to hold up. But man, they get so much mileage out of that budget. Things look good. The fantasy world they build never leaves us. It's ever-present. Every set looks cool. It's got great set design. It's got good creature effects. The whole scene where Tulsa Doom turns into a snake. I was like, you know what? For this budget in 1981, this is not bad at all. You know, they made it in 81. I was like, yeah, you know, they use some good cutaway tricks. And again, I rate these films on, if I got my phone sitting next to me, am I glued to this overall spectacle or am I picking up my phone, checking Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that? I stayed pretty darn engaged, so there's going to be a good score coming for me. And I just, if I could pick one thing to kind of give a, this is just really cool looking, that camo makeup they did when they infiltrated the first time that looks great that's legit as an artist like I'm watching it and I'm like because I've drawn an Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan piece before and I'm happy with it but I was like why did I not put the uh, camo on him he looks so awesome in the camo 
<laughs> All three of them looked awesome, and they, they were about the business right there. Oh, gosh, they looked awesome. I'll leave some for you. Spectacle, what do you got? You know, the story lagged a little bit. We talked a bit about this at the opening and in a couple places, but where there was spectacle, they got their money's worth out of it. I'll tell you the one part that I was thinking about when I sat back to watch this film was that battle with the giant snake in the pit there. And I was like, I remember that creeped me out when I was a kid. I wonder if I watch it now if it'll look cheesy. And it still looks pretty good. Yep. Actually, I was amazed. I was like, holy cow, that really holds up. Another thing, too, that I appreciated was they even, in their dialogue, really immerse you into the world. There's this one point where he talks about the smells of the city and he makes that face. And he's like, how does the wind get in here? You can really kind of tell, like, oh, this place must have a lot of odors. And I don't know. It's just another level that they were able to bring up onto the screen. And then we got to talk about the music, too, because that oh, theme gosh, music yeah. is just iconic. Somebody's about to get their ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I was reading on the trivia about that, that that is one of the most often reused scores for like when movie companies do like a trailer. They like to use that music in the background. It gets reused a lot in like trailers and stuff for other movies. It's just that music is on point. It is. It's like, you know, okay, you're about to meet the business end of Conan Sword. Yes. And speaking of swords, the sword fights are just brutal, realistic and cool. There's no dancing around or it's just there's a lot of blood splatter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like that blood's going everywhere. It just looks really cool. Okay, I got to jump in with another trivia fact I learned while I was watching this. A lot of blood splatter, more than I remembered, actually. And apparently they were using a mixture of the red dye and they were mixing it, I think they said with vodka to help it not freeze because they were on a lot of cold locations. And so the actors were uh, imbibing in the blood. <laughs> Where's <laughs> really, all the blood? Really loosened up things on the set, as I understand it. But yeah, lots of cool spectacle. Yeah, what they had in there was good. What did you think about the spectacle for Terminator 2? This movie is a spectacle movie. Again, the music is great. There's almost too much to see, if that's such a thing. You mentioned it earlier. it's not. Okay. (laughs) You mentioned it earlier. The effects still hold up, and it's because they were smart with it, and they used them to sparing amounts, only when you have to. We mentioned that on Blade. Blade still holds up pretty good, too, because, again, they didn't over-rely on it. They used mostly practicals and only did digital stuff when they had to. And I gotta give a tip of the cap for some of the best idea practical effects in movies. If this is in your notes, I'm sorry I'm stealing it, but everybody needs to know that the security guard at the mental institution that the Terminator copied, that actors, actually two actors and their twins. So what a great practical way to do the twin effect. That's good thinking. And not only that, but you probably know this, Jason, but Linda Hamilton has a twin sister and they use her in the movie as well. Whenever you see two Linda Hamiltons on screen, it's not a digital effect. That is her twin sister. And I'm like, that is awesome. And that that goes back to that scene you were talking about, that extra scene when they're doing Mm -hmm surgery on the robot they have a mirror there so that you can have like real arnold back and then like effects arnold is is no real mirror it's just like a window it's not a mirror so you can see through and that's her twin sister playing her on the other side of the quote-unquote mirror that stuff is just amazing to me anyway that's a nitinoid detail there's so many effects i could talk for about half an hour why don't you just take over and rattle off some of your favorites the whole thing is just an incredible effect from start to finish action scenes are intense you got mini guns you got grenade launchers. You got guns galore. Like you said, it's almost overwhelming. What else can you say? I mean, this is one of those films that other films get measured against. And that's all I'm going to say. I mean, yeah, seriously, go watch the movie if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, don't listen to us. Go watch the movie. It's it's an awesome film. So let's score them. Conan, what are you giving Conan? Conan, Spectacle, solid eight from Jared. What do you got? I'm giving Conan a seven. Uh, Spectacle, what there is, is great. Sometimes there's a long time between Spectacle. 
that's a worthy point. There are some dragon spots between spectacles. Terminator 2, spectacle, what are you giving it? I mean, let's be honest, we're both going to either give this thing a 10 or a 9. But while there's a ton of spectacle and it's well executed, the one thing that draws it down, I scored it a 9, is aside from what they did with the CGI stuff at the time, they didn't really do anything I hadn't seen before in some form or fashion. So while it is really great, there was never a moment where I was like, oh my goodness, outside of that CGI stuff that I hadn't seen in 1991. So it's a strong nine couldn't quite give it the full 10 but i think you'll probably pick that up for me yeah it's a 10 okay there we go that's what i thought flawless victory well let's not kid ourselves this is a 10 spectacle for me and that is fair enough strong end to round four let's get into round five Got you at a bad time Round five, possibly the most important round here at Action Film Face-Off because this is best action scene. What action scene did you like best? Better have a good one if you're going to be on Action Film Face-Off. So, uh-huh. Conan's got a bunch of them. Which one did you pick? I had it down to two. The commando raid into the Temple of Doom, I guess. <laughs> if you pardon the pun. Or the final battle in the Graveyard of the Gods. And I had to go with the final battle in the Graveyard of the Gods. It really makes Conan's brutality with his cunning you got to see the loyalty that he inspires and the people that follow him. Again, he's not a man of many words. He's a man of action, and that inspires people. He fights with a variety of weapons in this scene, which is really cool. He uses traps, which were really cool. And that scene where Valeria returns from Valhalla to defend him when it looks like he's down, that was just awesome. I love that scene. You want to live forever. That's what she said. And finally, I really love the teamwork between Subatai and Conan in that scene where Conan's running and Subatai like throws him the sword and he turns around and kills that guy and then the other guy's like coming for Conan and Subatai pops out with the spear. I just love that whole scene and I thought it was a great finale. So that's my favorite scene of Conan. What did you think? I picked the other one. I thought you might. Yeah, the commando style rake. I think it's all about the visuals. That camo was so awesome. <laughs> but, uh, it was, man. Well, I think one thing that won me over on it, I won't lie, I think when it comes to full-blown spectacle, I think the fight at the and the ones you selected is probably the champion but this one got to me because they looked cool and it accentuated something once again going back to those books that I read you know a lot of people when you think Conan you think big dude sword smash end of story what gets lost in that is Conan is a thief he's kind of a almost like a ninja of the old days he's very stealthy is what I'm getting at and they really played that up there was a lot of stealth mixed in with a lot of cool action and I was like that's really cool that they found that part of the character that often gets overlooked when it comes to Conan he's a stealthy cat so I really like that and I picked that one as my favorite scene. I will say when I watched it this time, for the first time I noticed, because I'd always seen when they make that gross looking green stew. Yes, I know where you're going with this. It has like the hands and stuff in it. I was like, oh God, it's obviously like using human beings. I never noticed before until I watched it this time as they're sneaking around. They go through that place where there's like those torsos, those dismembered torsos hung Mm -hmm. up on hooks in the background. I was like, ew. Yeah, yeah, they're (laughs) making people stew for their orgy. And you're like, That is super weird. At least nothing, anything weirder could possibly happen. And then the dude turns into a snake. Yep, yep. This is a weird cult, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny because I noticed that in Conan. And I also noticed for the first time there's the scene in Terminator 2. And I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But when the T-1000 is flying the helicopter and he's shooting out the window, he actually has four arms. Oh, I only counted three. Or maybe it was three arms. Yeah. Because he's like shooting with one and he's flying flying. (laughs) The other, with the other one. Yeah. I, I ne- yeah, I never noticed that before. Oh, I was yeah. Like, oh, it's that's pretty funny. Pretty cool. Well, speaking <laughs> of T2, what's your favorite action scene? Oh, gosh. Um, the movie? <laughs> well, listen, you know, I'll, I'm going to cut the chase. I know you go first and I do. I'm going to tell you right now. I noticed that there's an action scene that starts where they've won Miles Dyson over to their side and they go uh-huh. and blow up Cyberdyne and the action scene does not stop until the end of the movie. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Yeah. And I kind of went there too and I was like, where's the natural break point? For, for there's, this not there's not one. There's not one. You know? <laughs> And so, yeah, yeah, I said there's a lot to choose from. I think that I would choose the raid on Cyberdyne. I thought there was great tension, lots of action, and it leads to the police van helicopter chase. So in my mind, I kind of cut it off there when they left the building in the van. But I just really love the image of the Terminator blasting the cop cars with those mini guns. That's just awesome. Yeah, we shot old dude with the gas grenade. He just shot him in the back. Oh, (laughs) 
And the guy's like, it hurts. <laughs> You're damn right it does. <laughs> yep, I'll bet it does. <laughs> what was your favorite scene? Well, I tell you, I wrote down because I was like, okay. If I was going from memory before I watched it, I was like, hmm, I think I really like that raid on Cyberdyne. And then I watched it and I'm like, okay, there's the raid. Well, they got the truck and now it's a helicopter chase, which went right into the factory. And I'm like, this is one long action scene. It never stops. So uh, I'm going to cheat and say... That one long action scene. From the moment they go to Cyberdon to blow it up, to the moment he lowers down into the... Spoiler alert! To the moment he (laughs) lowers down into the hot metal at the end to self-terminate, quasi-self-terminate. I lump it all together. Now, if you forced me to pick one, ah, you know me. I like emotional stuff. So maybe I'm not the world's greatest host for action film face-off. I'm an emotional movie watcher, people. And there's a lot of emotion (laughs) in that final factory scene. So I'd probably pick that one. But it is a close call between that and the one that you picked with the raid on Cyberdyne. I don't know why you cry. (laughs) And I mean, geez, let's at least mention the chase through the Los Angeles aqueducts. The causeway scene? Yes. I I was thinking about that one, too. That is an awesome scene as well. Geez, the raid to get Sarah Connor out of the mental hospital another great scene yeah you really can't go wrong with any of these scenes the only one thing left to do is score them conan you like the final battle jared likes the stealthy attack they're both really good what'd you score your final battle i'm giving graveyard of the gods an eight Oh, all right. This is maybe the one limitation is I didn't think any of the battles were super standout, giving me anything that I hadn't seen before here and there. I mean, there are pieces and parts. Okay, dude turned into a snake. All right, that's true. I hadn't seen that before. But as far as just the action win, I didn't see any like super cool moves, except for maybe when Valeria did like that cool jump up on the wall, spin around, slash the guys they were exiting their stealth mission. So I don't have the highest score. I think it's just slightly above average when it comes to action. I gave it a six. We're not terribly far apart, though. You gave it an eight. I gave it a six. There we have it. No, that's fair. In the world of T2. Well, uh, well. <laughs> should we just go ahead and both reveal our tens? Is that what we're saying here? Yeah, I'm holding my cards not too close to the vest here. <laughs> yeah, it's a ten. It's a ten. Flawless victory. If I had to split it up, which I kind of forced myself to, I ultimately picked the factory scene. I probably would have given that a nine. But if you look at it as that one whole action scene, that's like 30 minutes of straight action. And that's not something you see a lot. Or if you do, sometimes you like zone out like, okay, I get it. Let's end this. You never feel that. So I'm giving that a 10. Flawless victory. I'm pretty much well, the action, that whole The that action whole changes, though. I mean, because yes. like you said, there's moments of true heroism in there. There's moments of great action in there. The action can kind of go from a shootout to a fist fight to a chase on the highway. It keeps you engaged. Insanely engaged. So, yeah, I have no problem dropping a 10. Perfect score on T2. Yeah, throw this 10 on top of your 10 and let, let's add them up. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the end of round five. It's time to go into We've everyone's... We've got one more round, don't we? Yeah, we do. We've got round six. Hasta la vista, baby. The deduction round. Reduction for the ridiculous. The S we should not have to see. Well, let's talk about Conan. Are we going to take any points off, Jared? I'm going to deduct one point from Conan, and I'll just read this verbatim from my notes. I wrote, dude sex with llama. <laughs> There's a point in the movie where a dude is having a sex with the llama. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And I was just, I mean, it's made funny because Conan has this look on his face like, what the hell is this? <laughs> He's like, what the heck? And that's funny. But I was like, this is just a little, this is too wild. Like, I went back and I thought, I did see this when I was like six or seven. And I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Having to explain to your son why this dude's having sex it's, with the llama. It's almost, I'd take a point off too. It's almost wacky enough that I almost want to give it plus one for dude sex with llama. But at the end of the day, I just couldn't do that. I have to deduct a point for dude sex with llama. Are you taking anything away from Conan? I have to take away one. I love Valeria. I love the character. The lady that played Valeria was not the greatest actor in the world, but she did a pretty good job. Except for this one point, my wife was just cracking up where she was talking about, we need to take the world by the throat and make it ours. And Julie just started laughing hysterically. So I guess due to my wife's laughter, I have to take off a point for that. (laughs) 
<laughs> You'd be an influence on action film face-off. Well, you know, I mean, it's a study. It's a science, right? And I'm observing. I'm observing. <laughs> and when an unbiased person is watching the movie with me, it just busts out laughing, going, that is so cheesy. You know, I got to do what I got to do. What are her opinions on the dude sex with the llama? <laughs> I think she came in after dude sex with the llama. She didn't stay for She came in like halfway through the movie. So, no, I'm with you. I think that's fair taking a point off for sex with a llama. <laughs> Fair warning out there. If you're making an action film and you want it featured in an action film face-off, you better leave that dude sex with a llama at home. Yeah, man. Bestiality don't cut it on action <laughs> film face-off. Oh, goodness. Oh, dare you take anything away from Terminator 2? I'm just going to let a movie quote go ahead and answer that for me. No, man. <laughs> no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I ain't taking no points off this movie. This movie's dang near perfect. Uh, I'm going to take one off for Edward Furlong's voice. Like, oh, okay. You know what? I won't fight you on that. I won't fight you on that. There was one point where I did laugh out loud at it. I won't lie. I can't remember what the line was. She's going to blow him away. Yes. <laughs> She's going to blow That's him away. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Settle down, miss. We got this covered. <laughs> Oh, man. Poor Edward Furlong. And it wasn't really his fault because, I mean, he obviously was growing up during the course of the movie. And they don't film the movie in chronological sequence, obviously. So it just gets a little annoying every once in a while. It's a trivial point, but it is a point off. I just love your impression. Give me the impression one more time. (laughs) She's going to blow him away. (laughs) Okay. Something like that. Oh, that's great. That is great. Okay. Well, that is the end of our rounds. Now, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face Off. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face Off, with a total score of 88 to 74, is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Congratulations to T2. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for the next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. And I will bring a film from Choose Your Destiny 2016 Wow, these are going to be some modern films here Yeah What will those films be? We'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening And we're talking to you, Dave Or you can tune in next episode to find out Until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Albrick And you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter Or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram And you can find me, Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist A.K.A. Death Probe At Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram It's all Yard Sale Artists So come check it out And be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes or Google Play or pretty much all your finer pod catchers. Or you can go directly to the website www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or a comment, you can do that by hitting us up on social media at Longbox Crusade or on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. It's all Longbox Crusade. And if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff in our online live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We usually do them on the second Sunday of every month and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening and until next time, keep your head down and your knuckles up. From the finest pedigree, final legacy, I own my opponents, never see me. Gather up components, a gladiator, I'm rolling the mad ass, ain't no homie, they know it from my poems, I'm like, no, like December, when I get with your November, I'm a rapper solo, in the club with no members, oh no, I stay with that Iron Man, I got a vision. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. 
She's going to blow him away. <laughs>